right now, here tonight. We're going to be at the throne of God. God's going to be looking from the throne upon all of creation. And He's ready to give grace and joy and to express His great thoughts and His great plans. For His thoughts and plans are not our thoughts and plans. Let's all stand and we're going to sing the first song. Through it all, I've had many tears and sorrows. I've had many tears and sorrows. I've had questions for tomorrow. There have been times I didn't know right from wrong. But in every situation, God gave blessed consolation that my trials come to only make me and we'll do verses 1 through 5 and it said who has believed and I, this may be the same version I've got it we'll just go with it who has believed what he has heard from us and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed for he grew up before him like a young plant and like a root out of dry ground he had no form or majesty that we should look at him no beauty that we should desire him. And he was despised and rejected by men. He was a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. And as one whom men hide their faces, he was despised and he was esteemed not. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. 
Yet we esteemed him stricken and smitten by God and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. Now listen, and he was crushed for our iniquities. And upon him the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds we are healed. Oh, Father, we thank you that through it all we've learned to trust in you. And Lord, there's some of us, we've been through a lot, still going through it. But Father God, you are God Almighty. You are the rock. You are the anchor. You are the refuge. You are our fortress, Father God. And you whom we trust through it all. Father, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for the gathering, for those that were willing to come out together, together to worship you, Father. For those that are watching on Facebook and sermon audio live stream, Father, we thank you, Lord, for your love, your mercy, your kindness, and your goodness. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. The next song that we're going to offer up this evening is going to be the song that says, Praise the name of Jesus. Praise the name of Jesus. Praise the name of Jesus. He's my rock. He's my fortress. He's my deliverer. In Him will I trust. Praise the name of Jesus. One more time. Praise the name of Jesus, praise the name of Jesus, he's my rock, he's my fortress, he's my deliverer, in him will I trust, praise the name of Jesus, all the glory belongs to Jesus, all the, all the, all the from today is see you at the pole here at the academy we'll be celebrating that at the the flagpole right down by the elementary building please you are invited to come and to pray over the students that we have here how many schools in uh, Shawnee or in America do you think invite people to come and pray over their students well there are probably some but we want to thank God that here we are doing that inviting you to come and pray over them and to believe 
that your prayers over them are prayers that God will hear. That will be at 8 o'clock on a week from today, Wednesday, a week from today. Let's see, this coming um, Saturday morning, I believe it's at 10. Is that right? Because in the bulletin it said 9. Erase the 9, put a 10. And remember, that's when the women will be gathering together and they will have a light breakfast and they will have a time of prayer and praise and they will have a special speaker. You will be blessed. Sorry, men. You will have to be blessed in a different way. This is for the women. And, I, and, and, and so let them have that opportunity. And women need to pray. Do you realize that whenever Paul and Silas went to the city of Philippi, what began the change in that place, and a change was needed in that place, was that the women went down by the river to pray. And when they went down by the river, Paul and Silas were saying, we need to find some people that we can join ourselves to. And they heard about the women going down by the river to pray. And they went down there and a revival began to break out because women were continually in the process of praying in that place. And they, I don't know whether they ever thought a revival would come or not. They said, it's just something we do. And God said, no, it's something I do. You pray, I do. What needs to be done? So we don't want to be remembering that in prayer. And let's see, there is a, we are, we're definitely not. Is that what you're saying this just now? Because you are asking, well, what are we talking about? Are we definitely not? So I can go ahead and make that announcement. We are not. Thank you very much. So now then, and, uh, the, we were planning on a week from this Friday night having a, uh, a, a cookout. We're looking at the COVID rates still up. And everything like that. So we've decided to put it off a little bit longer. And I do believe that that's using wisdom. But we cannot put off having fellowship forever. If all we do is come and sit out in the parking lot and sit long ways away from one another and still find some way to have joy and to have fun, we've got to be able to have fellowship. Because it says where two or three are sitting at home thinking about me. No, it says where two or three are gathered together in my name. And we've got to be able to do that. So let's be in prayer about the church being able to have a fellowship of that type. One more thing that I need to tell you about. I don't know if you're aware of the fact that the, the school has a vo girls volleyball team or exactly how good that volleyball team is. Now, they haven't beat everybody they've played. But they have done an amazing job this year. And this Friday evening... I think it's going to be around 6, and it may be earlier than that, but you need to, what? Thank you. See there, I can't keep up with all those, those times, but at 5.30, there's going to be a senior night at, down at the gym, gymnasium. And if you would come and pray over those seniors as they're preparing to go out into the world and that they will be able to carry the message of Jesus. So you're invited. Of course, you know you come. There will, they will say... That will be, oh, let's see, that will be $4. Is that what it is for a senior? You don't know. Well, it'll be something. And when you, whenever they tell you that, if you come, you need to say, Brother Phil's paying for me. <laughs> and flutter those long eyelashes. Yeah, I'll pay. Just come and pray over them. Join us on next Wednesday morning and come on this Friday night. Of course, wear something very cool. Because I can almost guarantee you, unless the weather changes a lot, it's not going to be very cool in the gymnasium. And you want to come and see how fierce and focused our young women are. 
because it's important that we live fierce and focused lives. All right, I think I've hit just about on everything. I don't know if there are other things that I need to say, but we need to sing. And so we're going to sing the song, The Battle Belongs to the Lord. In heavenly armor we'll enter the land. Everybody stand up. The battle belongs to the Lord. No weapon that's fashioned against us will stand. The battle belongs to the Lord. And we're going to sing now. And we sing glory, honor, power, and strength to the Lord. We sing glory, honor, power, and strength to the Lord. When the power of darkness comes in like a flood, the battle belongs to the Lord. He's raised up a standard, the power of his blood. The battle belongs to the Lord. And we sing glory, honor, power, and strength to the Lord. We sing glory, honor, power, and strength to the Lord. Slow down a little bit on the third verse. When your enemy presses in heart, do not fear. The battle belongs to the Lord. Take courage, my friend, your redemption is near. The battle belongs to the Lord. And we sing glory, honor, power, and strength to the Lord. Yes, we sing glory, honor, power, and strength the Lord. Y'all may be seated. You may be seated. We're going to sing Sweet, Sweet Spirit. Because if we're going into battle, there's one thing we need more than anything else. And we have been called to put on the whole armor of God. Amen? And we need to realize there's a battle and we have our part in it. Our part is not to make sure that we, uh, that we accomplish the, the victory. Jesus accomplishes the victory. He orders us. He marshals us, he puts us in position, and then he speaks over us, victory. And but we want to know it's not by might, it's not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Let's sing this song. There's a sweet, sweet spirit in this place, and I know that it's the spirit. Revive 
God. The last verse, verse 3, and we want to offer this up because it says, if you say. You know, I always like it when church people are singing to other people. If you say, he saved you from your sin. Now you're bound and you're weak and you cannot enter. And you know the, who the real problem is with? It's not them. The real problem is with us. And so we're going to change those words around and say, if I say, you saved me from my sin. But now I'm weak, I'm bound, and I cannot enter in. Now I'm really approaching where the problem is. And we want to be able to say, thank you, Jesus. So let's, let's sing this song this way. If I say, you saved me from my sin. Now I'm weak, I'm bound, and cannot enter in. stand up we're going to sing another song and it's a song that's entitled in moments like these and then after that I'm going to have you sit down and y'all are going to help me sing a special tonight the battle hymn of the republic in moments like these I sing out your song I sing out your love song oh Jesus in like these, I lift up my hands, I lift up my hands to you, Lord, singing I love you, Lord, singing I love you, Lord, singing I Oh 
I love you, Lord. I don't know how it's possible that you could take a heart like mine and to make it love you. Now we're going to sing. You all may be seated. We're going to sing Battle Hymn. You all sing the first verse with me. And then at the very end of it, we will, uh, we will, I'll sing a new verse. I found a book that had a new verse that I don't think we've ever sung before. And uh, so let's, let's do this. And after I've done the, the verse, the, the new verse, I'll ask you all to sing it with me this evening. Let's sing this song to the, to the throne of God. You do realize that this is a truly American song. That it came from the heart of America. The heart of America that they said we never really have had. Well, I believe that God does give a heart to a people so that it defines not what they were, not what they did, but how they trust in God. And so let us trust in God tonight. Mine eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. He is trampling out the vintage where the grapes of wrath are stored. He had loosed that faithful lightning of his Lord is sing the, ver- the words of a yet another verse that you may not have heard. If you have, you can sing it with me. We can almost hear the trumpet sound. The Lord's return is near. There are still so many people lost. His message they must hear. Father, give us one more moment. Give us one day, just one more year. With God we're marching. Glory, glory, hallelujah, glory, glory, hallelujah, glory, glory, hallelujah, our God is marching on. Please sing that last verse with me one more time. We can almost hear the trumpet sound. The Lord's return is near. There are still so many people lost. His message they must hear. Father, give us one more moment, one more day, just one more year. With God, we're marching on. Do you like that verse? Have you ever heard that one before? I never remember hearing this one before. Let's sing it. We can almost hear the trumpet sound. The Lord's return is near. There are still so many people lost. His message they must hear. Father, give us one more moment. One more day, just one more year. With God we're marching on. Glory, glory, hallelujah.
Brother Paul. Thank you, church. Thank you, Facebook family and Sermon Audio friends. Thank you, Ron and Sheila and James, who you all never see on Wednesday nights unless you happen to uh, go upstairs and see them in that way. We're wanting to get into Revelation chapter 15 and 16 tonight. Revelation chapter 15 and 16. But before we go into those, every time that we have a chance to be able to look at the Word of God on Friday, on not Friday, but Sunday evenings and on Wednesday evenings, I would like to give you the opportunity to ask questions if there is something that has been pressing upon you. So think about that for a few seconds while I'm getting to Revelation chapter 15, and we will be able to go on into 16 this evening. Are there any questions that you have that you might like to have answered this evening? I know most of us are Baptists at heart, and we have a hard time speaking up and speaking out. And then the others that are not Baptists, they're just bashful. Bashful. So are there any questions? Give you an opportunity to do that. I don't see anybody that's winking at me because I can't see winking. All right, then let's get on into Revelation chapter 15. And we want to start with verse 3. In verse 3, Revelation chapter 15 is not a tremendously long chapter. We are now getting ready to go on into the bowls or the, the platters. The, and this is not a bowl that would be very, very deep. It's a very shallow bowl upon which these plagues or these judgments are coming. When God does a judgment, it's not like judgment done here upon earth. Generally, when judgment is done here upon earth... It is done to condemn. It is done to be able to, in some way, destroy a part of a people's life or a person's life so that they, if they have done something wrong, they can no longer do that again. Or they get to where they say, I don't want to do that. But when God does judgment, it's to be able to deal with evil that has a hold of his people and to be, bring about a transformation upon his people. So when we're seeing judgment happening, happening in Revelation, God is dealing with everybody that still has the opportunity to trust in Jesus. We want to think about that. And before we go into those judgments this evening, as we're seeing them, we want to compare them to the plagues that came upon Egypt. There were how many plagues that came upon Egypt? Does any, can anybody tell me the total number of plagues? Ten of them. There were three of them that affected both the Jew and the Egyptian. Three of those plagues affected both the Jew and the Egyptian. The last seven of the plagues, do you notice that that kind of in some way uh, comes into a, a, a likeness of the seven bowls of judgment? The last seven plagues were only upon the Egyptians, not upon God's people. And we know that there is a great multitude that will come out of great tribulation. A huge multitude that cannot be numbered that will come out of great tribulation. So we want to think, is God able to keep these judgments to be 
fairly specific. Well, we want to be thinking about that when we look into the scriptures. Does he make the, does he describe fairly specifically the people that it's happening to? And not every one of them will you be able to find that, but you will find it in enough of those judgments, those bowl judgments. It's a very shallow bowl that would be easily carried, and we want to be aware of those, uh, those things. But we're starting in chapter 15 on verse 3. And they sang the song of Moses. The song of Moses, Moses was given what to help order the lives of the Israelites. On the mount, he came down with the Ten Commandments or with the law of God. How many laws were there in the Old Testament for God's people? There were 600 and how many? Say again. 613 laws that every one of them had to keep. Jesus said, if you break any one of the laws, it's as though you have broken all of the laws. And you'll say, well, my, that makes me afraid of judgment. Well, it would if it was judgment that was brought from the, from the uh, viewpoint of this earth. But God's judgment is to make sure that his people are able to have sin can be handled for them first before he deals with what has to be dealt with. And then if they continually run back to it, he will allow them to, to endure the pain of running back to sin. Are you with me tonight? Can you, can you understand that? So he will allow them to endure the pain of continually running back because his judgment is to bring a transformation, not just to, to bring a, a, a condemnation upon his people. So we want to see here, and they sang the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb. And we know that Jesus, the Lamb of God, came to take away the sins of the world, and his song was not based upon the law, but his song was based upon a word that starts with G. Can you all tell me what that word is? Grace. His song. So we see that these people uh, that are there around the, the, in heaven that we have seen here are singing the song of law that has mercy with it and the song of grace that Jesus only can bring into being. And this song is a most amazing song because in this song, this is called by some scholars, the you song. And the you is not talking about you are looking at me. You is talking about you. It's talking about God in heaven. And we want to see the words in here because there are seven you's are yours, five yous and two yours, and we want to see how this song has everything to do with who God is. And tonight, God, we tried to pick some songs that have everything to do with who you are. Because when we come together, we really only want to know who you are. Because who you are takes care of everything that we are, or we're not. So we want to be aware of that. So when we look in here, it says, They sang the song of Moses and the song of the Lamb, saying, Great and marvelous are your works. Do you see where the word your would be there? Are your works. And uh, just and true are your ways. So we've seen two of them, so for the, two of, of them in there. And it says, For your works and for your ways, O King of saints. We want to see that. Uh, that, that is in there. And it says, Who shall not fear you? You, we should have reverence for God because in reverence we find that His law does not condemn us. It gives us the opportunity for 
transformation and that his grace comes into play. And let's see, we want to see there, uh, uh, and uh, we want to say, Who shall not reverence you, O Lord, or glorify your name? His name is above every name. For you alone are holy, and all nations shall come and worship before you, and your judgments are being manifested. So we're looking at this and we're saying, oh, so the judgments, these seven bowls of judgments, are to be able to give people the opportunity to be able to, instead of being condemned, to be transformed. We need to see this in here. The Revelation is all about seeing Jesus. Jesus never came to condemn anyone. He came to transform everyone. And so we want to see that that, that's what we're looking at here because Revelation is all about seeing him. And it says, uh, uh, whenever we've read through 3 and 4, and now then I think we're skipping over, no not yet, in verse 5. And it says, and after that I looked and behold the temple of the tabernacle of the testimony in heaven was opened and the seven angels came out of the temple having seven plagues this is these are the bowls these shallow bowls clothed in pure white linen having their breasts girded about with golden girdles we know that this is a symbol of Jesus because back in chapter 1 we had a picture of Jesus where his hair was white as snow his eyes were a flame of fire he had on a white linen he had a a thing that was around his chest area that was a, had gold in it. And so we're being able to see that these angels are representing him in his glory. And I believe that whenever that day that the three were on the mountaintop with him and he was being transfigured, that they saw Jesus in this glorious raiment. And so they come out of the temple having the seven plagues in verse 7 and one of the four beasts gave unto the seven angels seven golden bowls full of the wrath of God who lives forever and ever and the temple was filled with the smoke from are the are the cloud from the glory of God and from his power and no man was able to enter into the temple till the seven plagues for the seven angels were fulfilled so we see in this that uh, I wrote something down and I'm hoping I'm able to find it. There it is. We want to see that the cloud, the glory of God is, is filling up the temple here to where no one is able to enter in. We want to be aware of the fact that this has happened at least twice before in the scriptures. And if you're wanting to take notes, you can take down when the cloud or when the glory of God filled the, wor the holy worship place of God. First, we're going to be in Exodus 40, uh, ver around verse 34. Sheila will get there before I do. And probably before you do. And I'm so very thankful for how quick she is whenever she does these things. And we're wanting to look at, at Exodus chapter 34. Or chapter 40. I'm trying the best. To do, oh, it's verse 34, isn't it? So we want to look here. And in, in 40 verse 34, we find that um, they, have, they, had a, uh, they have set up the tabernacle. And it says in verse 34, Then a cloud covered the tent of the congregation, and the glory of the Lord filled up the tabernacle. So what we're doing is we're seeing that the, in Revelation, I'm not moving you back there yet, Sheila, because I want to show a couple of other things here. We want to be aware of the fact that the temple in verse 8 in Revelation 15, 8, was filled in heaven as it has been filled where no man is able to do any work at all. And in verse 34 it says it was filled in the tabernacle. And Moses 
was not able to enter into the tent of the congregation because the cloud abode thereon and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. So Moses, being their leader at that time, was not able to enter in to be able to do any of the things, any of the work that a man would do and what is coming out of the temple. And we're going to be going back there, but not yet. In chapter 15, verse 8, lets us know that this is not a work that any man can accomplish because Jesus only can accomplish it. It's, it's showing all the evidences of being about him only and the fact that the glory of God is there. Now we want to go to the fifth chapter of Second Chronicles, the fifth chapter of Second Chronicles, and we want to see when the temple itself was filled with this cloud and with this glory. And we're going to be in verses 13 and 14. Solomon has finished building the temple. Everything is in place. They're getting ready to start having the regular worship services there. And we want to see what happens when this happened. And it came to pass as the trumpeters and the singers were as one. And what we in worship tonight, didn't we become as one while we were standing before the throne of God? And if you don't know that you were, that's exactly what happens whenever Paul is playing the piano and you all are transported somewhere else. And we want to be aware of that. We thank God for you, brother, and for all that God is able to do with you. And we thank God for one another because we become as one. You do know that Jesus prayed that we would be one as he and the Father are one. Are you aware of that scripture? And we need to know that we need one another. We really need one another and being able to set afar off and away from one another or stay home and away from one another keeps us from being able to enjoy the oneness. And it came to pass as the trumpeters and the singers were as one to make one sound and uh, to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord. And when they lifted up their voice and the trumpets and the cymbals and the instruments of music and praised the Lord, for he is good. Everybody want to say that? For he is good, for his mercy endures forever. That when the house was filled with a cloud, even the house of the Lord, and verse 14 says, so that the priests could not stand to minister by reason of the glorious cloud and for the glory of the Lord that filled the, the house of God. So we have seen three times that it has happened where no man was able to be involved. Once is in Revelation chapter 15, once is in, in uh, Exodus chapter 40, and the other is in Second Chronicles chapter 5. And we need to know our work is very limited. God wants to accomplish everything. He just needs for us to be under his hand to, so that he can exalt us in due season and he can use us whenever he is ready to use us. And whenever the place is filled with the glory of God, only God, only Jesus is able to bring into play for us the things that need to be had there. And so the glory of the God uh, was there and no man was able to enter. We're back in chapter 15 of Revelation and finishing up verse 8. We're really going to be going to verse, uh, chapter 16 verse 1 here in a few seconds. Until the seven plagues of the seven angels were fulfilled. Chapter 16 verse 1. And it says, And I heard a great voice out of, heaven, of the temple saying to the seven angels, Go your ways and pour out the vials of the wrath of God, judgments, the seven judgments, judgments upon the earth. Now then, as we follow these things being poured out, we want to say, 
it's going to, it's, most of them it's going to be pretty specific about who it's dealing with. It's going to say who it's, who it's talking to. So you want to be aware of those things when we get there. And the first went and poured out his vial upon the earth. And there fell a noisome and grievous sore upon the men which had the mark of the beast. Well, what about the people that don't have the mark of the beast? This is specific, isn't it? And so we want to be aware of it. When we're, whenever we're talking about something being specific, because upon the Egyptians, whenever the children of Israel were there, the last seven plagues were specific to the Egyptians. And we want to be aware of that. And it, does, it will not tell every time that we look at each one of these seven uh, bowls that it's, it's all that specific. We want to see there's enough specificity here that we can think, well, it's probably specific to a particular group of people living at that time. And it had the mark of the beast and upon them which worshipped his image. God is say, they're going to say, oh my gosh, this is worse than the virus that we had back in 2020 and 2021. That's if this happens before too very long. And we want to be aware of that. So that this is falling upon them. And the second angel poured out his vial upon the sea and it became as blood of the dead man. And every living soul died. And this is going to be something that affects a great number of people whenever it's poured out. Each one of these being poured out at a moment in time. Not all of them being poured out altogether. And it's every living soul died in the sea. And verse 4 says, And the third angel poured out his vial, his vial upon the rivers and the fountains of water. And they became blood. Does this sound anything like the judgments or the, the uh, plagues that came out in Egypt? Well, there is a lot of of things that are, are the same. And I heard the angel of the waters say, You are righteous, O Lord, which art and was, and which shall be, because you have judged this. Remember, his judgment brings forth the opportunity for sin to be dealt with and for a transformation to come upon people. For they have shed the blood of the saints and the prophets. Now, who has shed the blood of the saints and the prophets? This would not be believers. This would be those who have resisted Almighty God, who have refused him, and for they have shed the blood of the saints and the prophets, and you have given them blood to drink, for they, are, for they are worthy of it. And I heard another out of the altar say, Even so, Lord God Almighty, true and righteous are your judgments. Remember, his judgments are to not to bring condemnation as much as to bring the opportunity for transformation. And the fourth angel poured out his vial upon the sun, and power was given unto him to scorch men with fire. When's the last time you just stayed out in the sun too very long? And nobody seems to know. I guess we don't ever get out in the sun anymore. Just here recently I stayed out a little bit too long. It kind of left me with an uncomfortable sensation that I had a hard time getting rid of. Here's the deal. The sun is going to... And we're not going to be able to blame it on climate change. The sun is getting ready to go through some sort of convulsion. And when it does, it only puts out right now a certain amount of ultraviolet radiation. And whenever it goes through that convulsion, it's going to begin to spike on the ultraviolet radiation. And people even spending a little time in the sun are going to get, they will be scorched. And that's what it's talking about here. And so it talks about scorched with great heat and blaspheme the name of God. Now, who are the ones that are blaspheming the name of God? Are believers going to be blaspheming the name of God? 
Now, I know that there are things that we do that we can say, oh, I wish I hadn't said that. I'm so sorry that I said that. But these people are not going to be sorry that they have said what they've said. So is this going to be believers or unbelievers? It's going to be unbelievers. And they're going to blaspheme the name of God, which has power over these plagues. And they repented not to give him the glory. Remember, his judgments are to give people the opportunity for sin to be handled and for them to be transformed. And the fifth angel poured out his vial upon the seat of the beast, and his kingdom was full of darkness. Does this sound like something that happened in Egypt? One of the last ones that came along was darkness. Darkness was all over Egypt except upon the land of Goshen where the Jews were living. Do you all remember this? And so we want to be aware of that. And there was darkness. Uh, 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 let's see. And the king was full of darkness. And they gnawed their tongues for the pain. Somehow darkness is as much as the sun hurt them. The darkness is going to hurt them also. And I'm wondering. Could it be that because the sun begins to lose the ability to shine in the regular sunlight. Now you need to study stars. Some of them give off a kind of a bluish quality. Some of them give off kind of a reddish quality. And some of them are like our sun that gives off a kind of a yellowish quality. But there are some that you almost can't see because of the type of light that they give off. And if our sun should begin to shudder and go through convulsions and give off ultraviolet radiation almost altogether... Do you think it would appear as though it were dark? Have you all ever been in a room where there was an ultraviolet light that was on in that room? Did it appear to be dark to you? Yeah. And so you can see if the sun were to go through that, that they would be, they would be crying out and gnawing their tongues for the pain and blasphemed the God of heaven because of their pains and their sores and repented not of their deeds. And the sixth angel poured out his vial or his bowl upon the great river Euphrates. Now the Euphrates River is tremendously long and it transports a lot of water and a great portion of the Middle East could be irrigated and brought into bloom. Although it doesn't seem like anybody has really tried to do much of that. They've done it on a limited scale. Could be brought into bloom, but it's going to say that the water thereof dries up. And the way of the kings of the east might be prepared. What are the kings of the east going to try to use the Euphrates River for doing? Well, right now, the kings of the east have to use bridges to bring whatever they're wanting to bring from their countries into the western part of the Middle East. And Iran has to be able to get their arms shipments over that Euphrates River. And I can guarantee you there will become a great uh, alignment of the eastern nations... It's not anywhere close to that yet, but we've seen things happen so very fast here in these last few years that it might not take much of, an, uh, of a problem to bring the eastern nations into an alignment very quickly. And so we see here that the kings of the east are going to come that way. And I saw three unclean spirits like frogs come out of the mouth of the dragon. Again, another reference back to the frogs that came up out of the Nile River and these three unclean frogs uh, spirits like frogs came out of the mouth of the dragon and out of the mouth of the beast and out of the mouth of the false prophets so we know that there's demonic speaking out of the mouth of the dragon there's demonic speaking out of the mouth of the 
beast, and we have there is demonic speaking speaking out of the mouth of the false prophet. For they are the spirits of devils working miracles, which go forth into the kings of the earth and in the whole world to gather them to the battle of the great day of God Almighty. And heavenly armor will enter the land. The battle belongs to the Lord. No weapon that's fashioned against this will stand. The battle belongs to the Lord. And we sing glory, honor, power and strength to the Lord. And so we see here that the great day of God Almighty is coming. Behold, I come as a thief. Blessed is he that watches and keeps his garments, lest he walk naked and they see his shame. What are the garments that I want to have? I want to have the righteousness of Jesus to wear. So there are people that are going to be claiming the righteousness of Jesus. But we see after these six bowls are poured out that there's a great number of people who are not claiming the righteousness of Jesus. And it says that, and he gathered them together to a place in the that's called in the Hebrew tongue, Harmageddon, and the seventh angel poured out his vial into the air. Now we've talked about a vial being poured out upon the sun, we've talked about the vial being poured out into the sea, we've talked about a vial being poured out upon the rivers, and we've, we've talked about a vial being poured out upon the earth, and now then it's being poured out into the air, and it says, and there was a seventh vial, of angel poured out his vial into the air, and there came a great voice out of the temple, well, are any, is any man able to go into the temple yet? No, it said that no man could enter there till all of these plagues had been, or these, these judgments had been poured, or these wraths had been poured about, out upon the, upon the earth. So out, this, what's coming out of the temple must be either a, a person who goes forth sounding for another pers- person coming behind him, which one of the angels could be that, doing that, or it must be the Ancient of Days, God Almighty, who's speaking out of there, or it could be Jesus himself speaking out of the temple. Of course, we don't have these words in red. We don't see them in red here. So we don't, we're not exactly, but we know that this has to be very holy. And it says, uh, there came a great voice out of heaven, uh, out of the temple of heaven from the throne, and it said, it is done. Do you, do you know what these words are in Greek? It is done. There's another place in chapter 20 or 21. Let me find it right quick. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. It's going to be said again. It is done. Jesus spoke these words when he was on the cross. And he said, it is, it is done. It is finished. And so we hear these, these words coming out of the temple in heaven saying it is done. And there were voices and everything's getting ready to change now. We have seen Jesus in all the way through, but now he's being brought to the forefront and we're going to see him in his glory as he's beginning to get ready. And in heaven, we're going to be getting to get ready and we're going to be standing behind him because we know that things are getting ready to happen upon the earth. And whenever that happens upon the earth and we're going to be singing the song of Moses while we're standing behind him and we're going to be singing the song of the Lamb and down here upon the face of the earth, they're going to be singing the song of Moses and the Lamb. And it's going to be a glorious harmony between heaven and between earth as the sound goes back and forth and back and forth. And the high notes are hit and the low notes are hit. And all of heaven is filled up with the glory of the fact that Jesus is getting ready to come back to this world. To bring an end to sin. To bring a total transformation upon people. And as much as the earth can be totally transformed without having to undergo 
great uh, power lavished upon it to, to burn away sin, then we begin to see that he's getting ready to come back and do those things. And so there were voices and thunders and lightnings, and there was a great earthquake, such as when not, was not since men were upon the earth. There has never been an earthquake about that. Think about this. When Krakatoa exploded in the western Pacific, close to the Indian Ocean, it altered the angle of the earth's uh, tilt. It slowed down the time that the earth turned around the, uh, on its axis. And it, it changed the earth. When this is, there has never been an earthquake that has ever been had that is, that is like this earthquake, such as what not since the time when men were upon the earth, so mighty an earthquake and so great. And the great city was divided into three parts. We're just going to go ahead and finish quickly while we have the opportunity. And the cities of the nations fell, and great Babylon came in remembrance before God to give unto her the cup of the wine of the fierceness of his wrath and every island. I believe that whenever it talks about the islands, because we do see America being weakened today, don't we? Although we still have a great uh, army, I'm wondering if America really has the will to be an influence in the world anymore. And when it talks about the islands, it's talking about even America. And it says, And every island fled away, and the mountains, the great nations that were part of the alliances that are going on, were not found, and there fell upon men a great hell out of heaven. Every stone about the weight of, let's see, a talent. Is that going to be around 100 pounds? 130 pounds. Can you imagine a, a hailstone that weighs 130 pounds? What is going to be able to restrain that whenever it falls upon it? I don't want to be in my car. I've been in some things where the hailstones, not being much more than just about a pound or two, smashed through the glass so tremendously. And so we see here that this is happening. And we want to see what happens whenever it does happen. Because this is the seventh uh, judgment. This is the seventh wrath that has been poured out. And men blaspheme God. They have, they're having the opportunity to change. But they will not stop blaspheming God because of the plague of hail. For the plague thereof was exceeding great. But all of these are being poured out. That sin, men might realize how sinful they are and how much they need a God who can take care of sin. It's all being done. I believe some of these men and women and boys and girls are going to be changing. Because they're going to be, getting to, they're going to be hearing the song as they are walking down the streets at the different nights. And during the day they're going to be hearing the song of Moses and of the Lamb. Because people are going to be singing that song down here upon the earth. And some of them are going to hear that song in their sleep. Because they're going to be aware of the fact that we're in heaven singing that song there. And we want to be aware of that. So in this cha chapter we have heard about the seven bowls of judgments are of wrath. Remember, God does not bring judgment to bring down total crushing of the human being and his spirit or her spirit. He does not want to condemn them and keep them from ever being anything at all. His judgment is to be able to bring them into an awareness. Sin has to be handled. It must be handled. And once it is, I'll begin to transform everything about you and around you, even in the great tribulation. Now something has just happened outside, something amazing. We're going to sing the 
we sing glory. The song says that the, the battle belongs to the Lord, but we're going to sing the chorus. Do you realize that something has happened just now that only happens once a year? It started at sundown this evening. You say, oh my gosh, what was that? The day of awe, or Yom Kippur. This will be a day of fasting, crying out to God, saying, God, I have sinned in this last year. I have many sins. I don't know what to do. They will be crying out to God and saying, please God, what can I do? We talked about people that are not crying out to God tonight in these scriptures. They're saying, I don't want to have anything to do with God. I don't want to do it. I don't want to know anything about God. I don't want to have anything to do with God. You need to say, I'm honey. He wants to have something to do with you. He is very much interested in being very intimate with you and bringing into play all of those amazing things that he has planned for you because he is an amazing God. He's not interested in condemning you. He's interested in setting you free from sin and raising you up to be all that you can be. So tonight, for the next 24 hours, there will be a great fast going on in Israel. They will be afflicting themselves, saying, Will God be able to handle my sins? Well, I guarantee you, He's already handled them. He did it at the cross. And all you need to do is turn your face towards Him and say, Jesus, I have never been able to handle my own sins. I need you to be my God, my King, and begin to transform me and help me to believe in the transformation that needs to happen in those around me. Let's all stand and we're going to sing the song that they are singing when they sing, The Battle Belongs to the Lord. And we want to sing this as we go before the throne and we close out our time together tonight. And we sing glory, honor, power and strength to the Lord. We sing glory, honor, power and strength to the Lord. One more time. We sing glory, honor, power and strength to the Lord. We sing glory, honor, power and strength to the Lord. It belongs to the Lord. The battle belongs to the Lord. Got any battles going on? Let him become the commander in chief. And don't go to the right hand or the left hand until you know I am dressed up in the full armor of God. I don't deserve it, but I am. Now that I'm standing and I will do nothing until I know exactly where he wants me to stand. Father, thank you for the opportunity to be together with those tonight who have come. Help us to be able to continue on through this revelation. Bring us into the word that will begin to do that marvelous, marvelous work in our hearts and lives. For faith by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And we thank you for this in Jesus' name. And the church says, Amen. Amen.